I'm not the special tonight, and I hate to disappoint you. Um, but anyway, I'm not sure who the special was, but we fired a blank on that one. And uh, open your Bibles again to our text verse in verse number 16. Verse number 16, we have enjoyed a tremendous amount of tremendous, wonderful, spirit-filled music all day. It has been absolutely tremendous, and I appreciate every person that's been a part of the singing today. Verse number 16, the Bible says, For which cause we faint not. This morning I preached on the subject, Why the angels delivered the message, Fear not. And tonight I'd like to finish that message. One good thing about being a pastor is uh, being able to be in the same pulpit service after service. And I want to finish <clears throat> the message tonight. And the title of the message is this, Fret not, faint not, fear not. Perhaps someplace in the margin of your Bible you could write down those three sets of words, fret not, faint not, and fear not. I'll not only convey the truth of the message uh, uh, this morning, I'll continue that. I want to complete the thought that includes these three statements. We learned this morning that the message to Mary was fear not when she learned she was with a child. The message to Joseph was the message fear not when he learned he was engaged or a spouse to a woman uh, that uh, he had not known physically, uh, but she was with a child. And he wondered and he worried what he would do, whether he would put her away privately or if it would become known publicly that she was with child and according to the law, she could have been put to death being with child and not married. It was during that time that the angel came to Joseph and said, fear not. When the, when the angelic host came to the shepherds announcing the birth of the Savior, the Bible said not that they were afraid, but the Bible says that they were sore afraid and the message of the angels to the shepherds were fear not. Now remind you the reason the message was fear not is because they knew something, the angel knew something that Mary and Joseph and the, and the uh, shepherds did not know. And I said this morning, I'm glad that God knows what I do not know. And nothing is circumstantial with God, but everything is providential with Him. And now, the message of fear not is not just a part of the Christmas story. But the message of fear not is given throughout the word of God. I, took, I could take some 30 minutes and just walk through uh, the word of God and the times of the prophets and the times and the uh, law and other times that the message was given fear not. But tonight I want us to see these three things that will take us not only through the Christmas season but can take us through life a joyful and happy Christian. Now I'm a bit concerned this evening about those that have in our day caused fear to keep them from moving forward in the work of God and in the Christian life. 
A preacher said to me recently, he said these words, I am just holding on until Jesus comes. I don't think God wants us to hold on until he comes. I think he wants us to move forward in faith until the day the trumpet sounds. If I knew the Lord Jesus would return at the beginning of the year, I'd keep working on that building out there to try to get it finished and have a big day before Jesus comes. I believe tonight that God's people need to see the Christian life as a life of moving forward. For if we do not move forward, we will die in our faith and fear will take over. I said this morning and I repeat tonight, if we are not careful, we will allow fear to control our life. And when we do, fear causes us to say things that we would not ordinarily say. It causes us to do things that we would not ordinarily do. It would cause us to go places that we would not ordinarily go. For example, Elimelech went down to Moab to sojourn because he feared the famine. What he should have done is heard the message of the prophet that said, fear not. The message was given because God knew something that Elimelech didn't know. And that message was there are no recessions with God. There are no famines with God. There are no times that God is limited. Never is his arm shortened that he cannot save. And I want to say tonight we don't want to live in fear because it will take us places that we don't want to go. It will cause us to say things that we shouldn't say. For example, it was fear that gripped the heart of Peter when they asked Peter, are you with Christ? And Peter said, I am not. When they pressed him on that, fear caused him to curse. Uh, fear caused him to swear. And had he known and been willing to pay attention what the father knew that he didn't know, he would have had faith rather than fear. So the purpose of the message this morning, uh, this evening, is to encourage us to move forward in faith. Take your Bibles, if you will, and go to Psalm number 37. There are three of these two-letter phrases. I want you to see Psalm number 37 is the first, and that is the phrase, fret not. I want you to look at it tonight, Psalm number 37. I want you to look beginning, if you will, in verse number 1. The Bible says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Verse number 8, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Wrath and anger are not the ways to get the work of God accomplished. I'll say it again. Wrath and anger do not get the work of God accomplished. Uh, the conservative talking heads will stir your anger tomorrow. They'll stir your wrath tomorrow telling you of the enemies of freedom and the enemies of America. But we won't accomplish the work of God through anger. We won't accomplish the work of God through wrath. We'll accomplish the work of God through faith in him. And he tells us in verse number 8, Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. I looked at the word fret. The word fret means to devour or consume. You ever feel like you're being devoured and you're being consumed? That's the feeling of fret. 
Uh, fret, uh, def, uh, a, an illustration of the word fret is the agitation of the surface of a fluid by fermentation or disturbance beneath. Fretting is when the top of the water is disturbed, it is moved, and sometimes that's how we feel. We fret because of evildoers. We turn, we turn on the news and we fret. We read the newspaper and we fret. My purpose is to stand before you tonight and say, there are other news to hear other than the news of man. There is the news of heaven. And God says, fret not because of evildoers. Now this is an interesting subject if you study these words, fret not uh, because of the enemy. David wrote this particular psalm, Psalm number 37, in his old age. And he deals with a generational problem or a problem that has plagued or troubled or caused to fret every generation. It is one that has caused people through the ages to lose faith in God. Here's the question. <clears throat> How do we account for the lawless and often prosperous of the ungodly as the Christian faces great hardship in life? We ask the question, how is it that these crooks, how is it that these who want to destroy the foundation of our nation and our hope in Christ how is it that they seem to prosper? And the Christian who desires to do right, oftentimes we struggle and we face difficulty. Well, the life in the book of Job shows us that there are factors in God's economy or factors in God's government which are unseen by men, unseen by natural eyes, but can only be seen, and this will take us back to our text, through faith in God, understanding that this life is not all of our life. We have eternal life. And many of the blessings and the greatest of our blessings will not come in this life, but they will come in life eternal. And what the psalmist does in this passage of Scripture, he lifts our eyes above the circumstance. For in his walk with God, ah, he has learned something that men do not often know or recognize or work to find. And he finds out even though uh, the wicked grow and they prosper as the grass, there's coming a day that the grass is going to wither and he proclaims righteousness always wins in the end. And so he says, fret not, fret not. I cannot help but to recall, and I think of it so often. In fact, I probably think of it every time I hear a news report. I think of the old preacher Vance Havner. He was watching Walter Cronkite. You know the story. And as Walter Cronkite would end his new newscast each evening, he would say, and that's the way it is, no, uh, December the 11th, 2022. And uh, the old preacher Vance Havner, he stood up and he said, no, Walter. He said, that's just the way it seems. 
This is the way it is. And I want to remind you tonight that God's people, when we hear the circumstance of the bad news, the words of God to our hearts and to our minds, and in this day of evil and difficulty, oh, how frustrating it is. Oh, how, how it bothers our soul to see the prosperity of the wicked. I want to remind you, the wicked is always cut down. The righteous always win. Move forward in righteousness and fret not. Fret not. Don't let, don't let your life bubble up with frustration. Fretting means the moving of the top of the water because of the troubling beneath. And it frets up. It boils up. It boils over. I don't want to live my life fretting. I want to live my life moving forward by faith. I could give you tonight 20 problems, 20 problems about our building that we're facing. I could go, I could send you away tonight saying, I don't know how we're going to do that. I don't know how we're going to overcome that. I, I, I just don't know how we're going to pay for that. I just don't know how we're going to deal with that. But I refuse to live my life fretting because the Bible says fret not. I choose. Did you hear what I said? I choose. I didn't say my emotion. I didn't say my feelings. I choose. My feelings are the caboose of the train, not the engine. My emotions are the caboose of the train, not the engine. I'll not be driven by emotion. I'll not be driven by fretting. I'll not be driven by bubbling over in frustration. There is an answer, and Christ is the answer. And by faith we'll move forward. And as we trust in him by faith, I've watched him week after week and year after year. And all of these years, I've watched him solve every problem. I've watched him stop every foe. I've watched him win every victory. And he's not about to stop tonight. And I say to you tonight, church, fret not. I remind you of the words, fear not. We dealt with the subject already. I mentioned it again in the introduction. Fret, uh, fear not means do not act in fear. Eight times in the book of Luke alone are the words fear not. Do not act in fear. Fear will cause you to go places you wouldn't go, say things you wouldn't say, and do things that you would not do. The instructions fear not are not given because someone, uh, I'm sorry, the instructions of fear not are given because someone knows something that we do not know. We need that knowledge that overcomes fear so we can live in faith. Now I want you to get this statement. Now listen to me again. We must seek the knowledge that is higher than our foe. The answer is in this book. You can't defeat the child of God. You cannot. I don't care what the problem is. There is an answer in this book. God knows something that we don't know. And we need to seek. And we need to look for. We need to study to show ourselves approved. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing at the word of truth. We need to open the word of God and every day read it. And while you may not understand why you're reading and even what you're read, reading in the morning time, dear friend, I promise you that a faithful reading of the word of God is the number one thing that will help you to overcome the fears of the day. 
one of the things that helps me when I read the Bible in overcoming fear as I look at the foes of Christ, as I look at the foes of Christianity, as I look at the foes of God through the history of time. Dear friend, I want to tell you something. We've had some mighty big foes in our history. Our foes up to this point have all had a funeral. Did you hear what I said? All of our foes up to this point have had a funeral. There's been no funeral announcement made for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. One of these days, dear friend, we're going to sing 10,000 hallelujahs. Can you imagine just joining in that wonderful choir and the voices of the angels and the seraphims and the, and the uh, Christians of the ages gone by? Oh, dear friend, we're going to crown him king of kings and lord of lords. And every foe is going to be put beneath his foot. You know what the Bible says of his foe? They'll be his footstool. That's what he rests not his head on. That's what he rests his foot on. I want to tell you tonight, we don't need to live in fear. Fear is a lack of faith. I'm preaching to you tonight. Don't live in fear. Don't live in fear. Live in faith in God. Every foe, every foe through the ages of time has had a funeral, but God has never planned a funeral. He is eternal life. I give you the last one and that's faint not. Go back to our text. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I wrote on the card when I gave to Brother Young, verses 13 through 19. I was anxious for him to read the 19th verse. He didn't. And I'm glad he didn't. Don't know if he'd make one up or not. This word faint, when he says faint not, means to give up hope. Fainting says there is no more hope. Fainting gives up strength. Hope is not taken away. Hope is given up in fainting. Strength is not taken away. Strength is given up. Brother Dallas texted me a beautiful story this afternoon. His mom is in intensive care. She is a retired nurse. His dad is a retired truck driver. He's driven four and a half million miles without an accident. Tractor and trailer, I don't know how many years, four and a half million miles. His dad has suffered some dementia uh, in recent weeks. And, and, and then the sickness of his wife, and she has heart complications and uh, Brother Dallas called me late Friday night and he said, Preacher, would you pray for me? He said, the nurse called me and said, you need to come if you want to see your mom. Uh, we fear she is close to death. And so he drove through the night. He got there Saturday morning and two or three times uh, through this time, I checked on him several times and, and he would say, pray for my dad as well, pray for my dad as well. So mom hasn't talked much. Mom hasn't responded very much. Uh, today, dad got in his car and just drove to the hospital. I mean, he, he's not been able to, to drive to the hospital. He just showed up. When he walked in, his wife started talking to him and smiling. Hadn't said much to Brother Dallas. 
hadn't said much to anybody else, but there's just something about the presence of the one been married to 50 years, 50 plus years. You see, she hasn't given up hope. Now, now, and this verse here says, faint not. Now, if the Bible tells me not to faint, I can not faint. Did you hear what I said? You, you, you may say, well, you can't help it when you faint. There may be some fainting you can't help, but here's one fainting you can help because he tells us here, faint not. And if he tells me not to faint, I cannot faint. When it talks about giving up hope or giving up strength, the third one is to give up courage. These verses bring wonderful assurance to the believer even in the times of suffering. And he says here, though the outward man is perishing day by day. I love this. The inward man, the spiritual man is made new. I'll give you something wonderful to study. There are some things in the Bible that are new that never get old. For example, my salvation is always new. When he gave me the song of salvation, that song is not a new song every day. It is the same song that never gets old. It's a song that stays new. And here he talks about the inward man. Hey, I'm getting older. My eyes can't see as well as they used to see. My ears can't hear as well as they once heard. I can't run as fast as I once could run. Ah, but the inward man is as young as the day that it received eternal life. And it is renewed. It is made new every single day. And he's telling us in this passage of scripture as Paul weighs his sufferings on God's scale and he discovers that his sufferings are light when compared to the weight of glory that God has stored up for those that love him and those that serve him. And God's rewards are more than we work. And when we suffer for Christ, he is making note of that and the glory that we'll receive. You see, we're used to being paid green cash on Friday. God's blessing doesn't always pay green cash on Friday. But I want to tell you something. There is a glory that we'll enjoy throughout eternity. And if we don't get a single one of those rewards here on this earth, he tells us by faith, you keep serving God. Don't you give up. Don't you give up your courage. Don't you give up your hope. Don't you give up your strength. Faint not, because when you get to heaven, you'll enjoy Enjoy every reward that, that you deserve and even more. Verse 18 is a paradox to the unbeliever. A paradox seems an absurd impossibility, but it is a reality, a paradox. A paradox is an absurd or a foolish impossibility. For example, we believe as we give, God gives more. Or at least I believe it. Good, thank you. I'm glad one other person does. We believe that as we give, God gives more. Now, in the, in the world, the unconverted, they believe, I have to make everything I can and save and hold on to everything I have. But God tells us the truth, not only of our finances, but our very life. 
except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And the paradox, the world says, that's foolish for you to give your life to God. Ah, oh, but I see what they don't see. You see, Abraham saw what nobody else saw. Abraham saw that city whose builder, excuse me while I get excited. Uh, Abraham saw the builder whose, uh, the city whose builder and maker was God. And by faith, and verse number 18 is a paradox to the unbeliever, but it's a precious truth to the Christian. I don't live by circumstance, I live by promise. We look at the score and say we're in trouble. God looks at the end of the game and said, you're all right. One of my top five favorite stories. A man walked up on a sandlot where boys were playing baseball. He watched for a few minutes and he saw the score said 32 to nothing. He said to the boy playing third base, he said, boy, you're getting beat, aren't you? He said, no, sir. We haven't been up to bat yet. <laughs> Circumstance says the score is 32 to nothing. Faith says our home run hitter is due up next. And when our home run hitter comes to the plate, when the trumpet sounds and we leave this whole wicked world and we leave this body behind, oh, dear friend, we're headed to a better place. We're headed to a better country and we're on the winning side. Therefore, I faint not. An old man was asked as he looked back over his Christian life, Sir, what has robbed you most of joys of the Christian life? He replied, The thing that has robbed me most of, of the joy of the Christian life is things that never happened. The things I would fret about, the things I would fear about, the things I would faint over, they never happened. Let's ask God to help us. Lord, help me not to live by what I see with these eyes, but help me to live by what you see, by faith in your word. We don't live by circumstance. We live by faith. And so tonight I say, fret not, fear not, and faint not. For if you live in fear, you'll go places you would not go. You'll say things that you would not say. You'll do things that you would not do. Let's live by faith and move forward in the will of God. Stand with me if you will. Heavenly Father.